All right, guys, I'm Langston Worst Jr. I have Mike K., the number one source of Carolina football news in the country. Mike, we got a new podcast here, Processing Blue. Uh, it's all about you, man. How you feeling? Well, you know, I don't know if it's all about me, but, you know, they said that Ted Lasso Way is not really about Ted Lasso, right? It's about everybody else. And so this is about the Panthers, in my opinion. I have my iced coffee. I've been up since 6 in the morning. I am ready to, I am ready to process some blue. Langston, with you, who I'm very excited to share this podcast with. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. What, what's new? What's popping off in your world? I, I'm doing good, getting ready for another football season. I can't believe summer's almost over. But I got to ask, how did you come up with the name Processing Blue? Because people are going to wonder why we call this Processing Blue. So there was this rumor flying around Charlotte that the Panthers were going to switch up their uniforms this summer or this off season. And there were some erroneous reports that they were switching up a lot of stuff and it was going to be a brand new Jersey. And it turned out they just did a palette swap with Nike. Um, Nike didn't originally have the Panthers true processing blue color, which is what they call it. Mm. And they, you know, they decided to switch it up. They also switched up some armband length as well. But I just thought that was really funny. And I, uh, you know, what do we do every day as beat writers? We process. And so I think processing blue is a very good way of looking at the Panthers and their daily process from, you know, their history. This is a very nostalgic fan base. And I Mm. think it's all a part, well, as a Jersey Philly guy, (laughs) it's all a part of the process, right? And so, um you know, this Frank Reich era is a monumental one, not just for this franchise, but for the ownership of David Tepper. And there's going to be a lot to process, uh, to overuse a word. And I, I just think it just fits. Yeah, absolutely. So there's no chance we'll get those black helmets that everybody really wants. Well, maybe once a, once or twice a year. Uh, now you can, now the league's allowing everybody to, to use alternate helmets when the case for a long time was, you know, switching up helmets might not be safe. Well, that's a bit of a problem now. So uh, here we are. I think the entire fan base wants to see Bryce Young in a black helmet. That'd be pretty cool. But speaking of Bryce Young, uh, Mike, he's set to sign a fully guaranteed contract, four years, almost $40 million with a fifth-year option. What are you seeing out of him so far? Well, he's been terrific. I mean, I think he's been as good as advertised during the spring. During the offseason program, I think what was really interesting is everybody talks about his size. Yes. Did he look... Very small, yes, sure. But once you get past that and you look at the fact that he is able to manipulate defenses because he knows where to go, um, his escapability, his ability to improv, this guy is so mentally fit for this position that I think when you look at, look, history's been littered with six foot four quarterbacks who stunk. I mean, really, that's mm-hmm. the thing, yes. I mean, there, there are a ton of them. Uh, and, and I think when you look at Bryce Young, he's got everything up here. That's where he's built. That's where he's built where it counts. And as I wrote earlier this week, taking a look at the rookie class, um, I think he is a guy who's just incredibly mature, incredibly intelligent. Talking to former teammates, he's a guy who can get along with everybody. He cultivates an audience. He got the majority of his offensive weapons to go to Dallas in the middle of the summer break to work out. He's a guy who understands what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a lead signal caller. And look, 
Josh McCown, six foot four, by the way. Frank Reich, six foot four, have no issue with his size, and they gave him the baton to the offense in the middle of the offseason program earlier than most of us even expected. It's a matter of time before he's named the week one starter, and I'm really interested to see what he looks like in pads. Yeah, I guess, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans were a little bit surprised he was elevated so quickly over Andy Dalton. So did that surprise you that he was, you know, given first team reps so quickly? I mean, he was always going to get first team reps during OTAs, mm-hmm. but I think the fact that they went from a split to a, oh my gosh, this guy's just handling everything, yeah, yeah. was pretty surprising. Yeah, I, I was waiting for it to kind of happen in the first week of training camp, but I think Frank Reich wanted to put his flag in the sand and say, hey, look, this is the guy who's going to be leading you into the summer. And something that's missed on a lot of people is that OTAs and mandatory minicamp are practice for practice. You're practicing to practice. You're practicing how you want to practice in training camp. And these were smooth, efficient practices. Bryce made a a spectacular play in every single one of these sessions. There were some up and down days, especially during mandatory minicamp, where it looked like the defense finally caught up. Mm -hmm. But I think he's a guy who comes into training camp with a ton of momentum. And rightfully so, with all of the sharp voices around him and his ability to go away from the stadium, right? Do homework and come back smarter the next day. And I think that's really important. Okay, I go to the barbershop, and the number one question I get, or three questions I get, is he going to be able to hold up behind this Panthers offensive line? I know we're going to talk about the offensive line in a bit, but is he going to be able to hold up? What happens when he takes that first big hit? Is he going to get up? And then uh, do you think he has enough weapons? So I understand the concern with with hits. I I wrote during the draft process after watching his film, it's like watching – um, a tank run over a puppy at times when he gets engulfed by these huge defensive linemen. And look, he played in the SEC. He played against NFL talent on a weekly basis. It's not like he was at some low-level Division three school. This is a guy who has played against the elite of the elite, and he did it at one of the best schools in the country. Um, I think he's going to have to you know, take some hits, and it's not going to look pretty, and people are going to hold their breath. But I think when you look at his college career, he only had one injury, and um, I believe Nick Saban said that that was largely his fault. I think when you look at his frame, uh, it looks like he has added some weight. He's always going to be five foot ten. He's he, but he's used to being one of the smaller guys, so I think he's going to be able to kind of deal with the comings and goings of being a shorter quarterback. Um, what was that second question? I'm sorry. Does he have enough weapons to get it done? Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of creating a a group around him that they can spread the ball around. Frank Reich loves spreading the ball around. His offense is typically based around um, yards after the catch. Thomas Brown, who comes over from the Rams, he comes from an offense that is also about yards after the catch. Hayden Hurst has never been like the top weapon in an offense. He's a very good yards after catch guy. He's got great speed. The South Carolina alum does. And then... Look, Adam Thielen's terrific in the red zone. He can play the slot. He can play the Z position. He can get open with ease. And I think that's helpful, especially having a veteran who's a former All-Pro. DJ Chark, who's battled injuries throughout his career. I covered him in Jacksonville for a little while. He's a guy who can play that Z position and just beat you on straight line speed. They drafted Jonathan Mingo, who they're very excited about in the second round. I have to ask about Jonathan Mingo. Is he going to play? (laughs) 
Yeah, he's a guy who was used a lot as a big slot in at Ole Miss. Yeah. I expect them to move him around. He's kind of got prototypical X receiver speed mm-hmm. and size, and I think that that's really appealing. But the guy I really want to talk to talk about is Terrence Marshall, and he's a guy who helped organize those workouts in Dallas. I think he's in the mode of of stepping up and potentially having a breakout season. You know, he was kind of in the doghouse early on in in Matt Rule's final season here, and then when Steve Wilkes took over. They let him loose. He averaged over 17 yards per catch. Um, he needs to play a little bit better to his size. He's six foot two, 200 pounds. He needs to be able to go up and get it in the red zone. His only career touchdown was a garbage time touchdown against the Bengals. That's where we need to see maturity from him. But he's looked really good during training camp. And then I spoke to Tommy Tremble a couple of weeks ago, and he basically said that the former staff didn't really teach tight ends anything about the receiving game. And now John Lilly, who the Panthers got from UNC, is really doing a bang-up job there. Frank Reich loves using tight ends. And then, oh, by the way, you sign uh, Miles Sanders, who got the biggest contract in free agency for a running back, Mm -hmm. um, which was actually a very good deal, by the way. And he can catch out of the backfield. He's had some inconsistency in Philly. I think being reunited with Deuce Staley will help. Well, it'd be interesting to see how Bryce Young does with all these weapons, how he stands up by an offensive line. I know that's one thing all the Panthers want. I mean, Panther fans want to know about an offense. But let's flip the defense. Number zero, Brian Burns, wants a contract extension. What's the latest on that? Well, I, I think with with Brian Burns, you're waiting to see if Nick Bosa is able to get a contract extension before you because what happens when a top pass rusher gets a new contract? Market, yeah. He sets the market, which raises – he raises the market, right? I don't think the Panthers view him as a Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett type talent. He's not that good against the run, or he hasn't been as consistent against the run as those guys. Um, but he's a great fit for this new front, this 3-4 front. Uh, great speed, great quickness off the edge. He's coming off an ankle injury. It could be that they want to see how he performs in training camp before maybe upping the offer. But from Brian Burns' standpoint, he's going to play on a fifth-year option. It's a good contract. Um, and he can go prove himself. And if you're him, why would you want to be at a disadvantage in negotiating? Go out there. If your ankle feels great, you've gotten that cleaned up, go out there. And if you can get five sacks in the first four games, maybe you have a ton of leverage already. I mean, you already have a ton of leverage. They basically turned down two first-round picks from the Rams at the yeah. trade deadline last year to keep him. That's well-documented. GM Scott Fitterer has come out and said he's going to be here. So you have all you have a ton mm-hmm. of leverage. The issue for Brian Burns is at what point do the Panthers have their walking away number? To me, he's kind of comparable to Max Crosby from the Las yep. Vegas Raiders. Comparable numbers, comparable age. Uh, he's making around $22, 23000000 million per year. I think that's kind of where his ceiling mm-hmm. is. Um, and if I were him, frankly – at just 25 years old and already made two Pro Bowls, I'd want a shorter long-term contract that was front-loaded. So I'd want like a contract that was like three years, uh, 69, 70 million, so I could go hit free agency again at 28 or get franchise tagged. That's the long-term play, in my opinion, especially as the cap continues to grow. Um, I think Brian Burns is playing this very smart. I think the Panthers are playing it very smart too. Samir Solomon is a hardcore negotiator, and I think they know Brian's worth. They just need to get there together. I think they both You think it's around 25? No, I think it's around 22, 22, 23. He's 16 now, so that's a pretty significant raise. 
let's talk let's talk about our quarterbacks yeah. here in Carolina staying on defense. Last year the Panthers had a chance to sew up the NFC South against Tampa Bay. We saw what Tom Brady did through his longest pass in 9,000 years, 57 yards to Mike Evans over the top. Uh, they carved up the Panthers secondary. J.C. Horn struggled to stay healthy, played like 16 to 34 games. Uh, Dante Jackson's never finished a full regular season. The guys are always hurt. What's the status of the Panthers' cornerback situation, and, and can they fix it going into the regular season? Well, J.C. Horn suffered an ankle injury Um if you have a drinking game at home, you know, <laughs> J.C. Horn's injured. Um, so he's coming off an ankle injury, which is really unfortunate because I thought he looked good early in the OTAs, uh, injured himself during a workout. Um, Dante Jackson is, of course, coming off that Achilles injury that he suffered last year. He had surgery on it. Um, those two guys, I mean, when you look at this defense, I think there's a lot of hype towards this team. But when you look at the defense, they're very front-loaded they are not back-loaded at all the depth is not great except at safety weirdly enough but corner you have jc horn who when he is healthy is one of the top five to seven corners at worst in the league you have uh, dante jackson who's a solid veteran corner i know the fan base gives him a lot of grief and then you have cj henderson who's like this wild card who one minute he'll be he'll shut down a guy and he'll get an interception. The next minute he'll give up a huge gain to Mari Bird. Like it's it's a very weird um, trio at the top, um, and they've invested heavily in all these guys. They, they though they declined C.J. Henderson's fifth year option um, this off season. He's got a big year ahead of him, and they're going to kind of do it to where you know. Jeremy Chin's going to play the big nickel position a lot. So they're going to play three safeties quite a bit. But when they get into a, a maximum coverage opportunity, it's probably going to be either J.C. Horn or Dante Jackson in the slot with the other two guys outside. And so if one of those guys gets injured, we saw it last year. Keith Taylor just, I mean, like you said, the Bucks just ran yes. straight past him. Um, they don't really have a lot of proven depth there. Like, Herb Miller's fine. I will say this, Stanley Thomas Oliver got a lot of praise behind the scenes for his versatility. He's a guy who can play in the slot. He's more known for his special teams ability, and he missed most of last season with an injury. But he's a guy that could be that fourth corner. But again, another guy who has an injury history. So you're just kind of weary of all of this. Uh, they brought in Rajon Wright, who's got like a small army of a fan base because of his background at Last Chance U. Uh, Mark Middleton from Baylor actually has got some buzz in the building. Um, but really, they don't have a lot of proven presence there. And corner is definitely veteran corner, I should say, with versatility is definitely still a need for this team. Well, that sounds like an, an area for Panther fans to watch in, in preseason and then going into the regular season. Let's talk about the offensive line, Mike, because I, I know the last time Carolina had a number one pick, they didn't do a very good job of protecting that quarterback being Cam Newton. This guy's a lot smaller and Bryce Young. We talked about, uh, you know, I know Panther fans don't want Cam 2.0. So what are the Panthers doing right now to protect the quarterback? I know one guy that you know, has some injuries right now in the offensive line, but go ahead and explain that. Yeah, so left tackle Iki Iguanu was – Terrific for a rookie last year. I mean, was he perfect? No. But I think when you see that number two jump, number two year, mm -hmm. year two jump for him, I think it's going to be spectacular because he's working with James Campen, who in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion in the league, he's a top three mm -hmm. offensive line coach. Uh, left, left guard, you've got Brady Christensen, who did a solid job last year, but I think you could argue he was probably the weakest link of a really strong yeah. offensive line. 
He's more of a finesse blocker. Uh, they drafted Chandler Zavala in the fourth round, who played next to Iki Iguanu at NC State a couple of years ago. They've brought that up a lot. I don't think that's a red herring. I don't think that's like a mistake. I think you could see Chandler Zavala, who's, who was placed on the physically unable to perform list yes. the other day, push Brady Christensen. And I'll get back to okay. them in a second. At center, they re-signed Bradley Bozeman. He was terrific last year. He's a pure power blocker, a fellow uh, Alabama alum in front of Bryce Young. I think he will benefit from his leadership and his overall protective nature. Bradley Bozeman is a not just a terrific player, but he's been a terrific person for this city. He, he and his wife have given back a lot. He's a guy who's been fully ingrained here, and I think that's really important from a leadership standpoint, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. At right guard, as you kind of alluded to, Austin Corbett, who, in my opinion, was the best player on that line last year, suffered an ACL injury in the season finale against the Saints. He got put on the pup list as well. Frank Reich has alluded to him missing game time. If he stays on the pup list and goes to the pup reserve list uh, after final cuts, he'll have to miss at least the first four games of the season. Yeah, replacing him would be Cade Mays, last year's sixth-round pick, who impressed a lot of people. The guy has tons of versatility. He can play literally every position on the offensive line and fullback. It's wild. Um, But he's impressed a lot of people in the building, both from the front office standpoint and the new staff. I think he's going to be a favorite of James Camp, and I think he's going to hold down that right guard spot as long as Austin Corbett's out. And that's a good spot to be in. At right tackle, Taylor Moten, uh, the king of consistency over the last few years, Um, They restructured his contract uh, in a good way. I think they feel really good about him long-term. He just has to stay consistent again. Um, I think he's a really good leader, too, on that offensive line. But getting Mm -hmm. back to Christensen, the reason to push Christensen is not because he is bad, not because there's anything wrong with him. From a pure roster economic standpoint, they re-signed Cam Irving, a veteran who cost – a lot of money. His contract becomes fully guaranteed in week one. Michael Jordan, not the former majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets. his They re-signed him on a whim. His contract would become guaranteed week one if he's on the roster. The need for a swing tackle, especially a long-term one, is apparent. And Brady Christensen can play guard and tackle. Some would argue that tackles his better position. With Corbett out, Having Christensen be able to back up all four slots while Mays starts at right guard would be terrific for them, especially from a roster economic standpoint. With the way that practice squad rules work now, you can elevate an offensive lineman every week from the practice squad. So you only have to really keep eight offensive linemen. So with that, you think, okay, let's say Corbett starts uh, pop on, on, on to start the season. So you've got Iquanu, um, Zavala, Bozeman, Mays, Moten, Christensen. Um, you probably want Justin McRae, who another guy who'd be guaranteed mm-hmm. that first week, um, who is basically James Campen's like traveling backup offensive lineman. He's worked with him at like several different spots. And then you have a spot open for a rookie if he impresses mm-hmm. and you don't want to sacrifice him to the waiver wire. Then after a week, you can bring back Irving or Jordan on a non-guaranteed contract. I just think that that's good business. And it's something that a lot of G- smart GMs kind of look at as well when they're constructing a roster. Just on, on the corner real quick, you know, he, he was a really good run blocker last year. Is he going to make that jump and be a good pass protector? Because he's going to have, he'll have Bryce Young, Bryce Young's blind side. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he has all the tools to be a great pass blocker. And working under James Camp, and it feels like it's an easy projection. But, like, when you watch his film from college, like, my comp for him was Jason Peters, the former Eagles offensive tackle. To me, he just moves so well in space. If you would have told me he played wide receiver in high school, I would believe you. Because he's just so, I mean, just so quick off the line. He's he's nimble. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Frank Reich's brilliant when it comes to creative plays. Wouldn't shock me if he lined up hit lined him up in like a three tight end set as as one of the tight ends. Because he is just so a lot of David refrigerated there. Yeah, he's just so quick off that line and yeah. so talented and athletically gifted. I think they knocked that that pick out of the park. I think he is a guy who's gonna be a tone sitting left tackle for the wow. next decade. Wow. All right, guys, now it's time for my favorite segment of the show. We're gonna let Mike use his fancy words. It's time for K's takes. Welcome to Case Takes. It's the first one. This is where basically if you're you're not bothered by me talking at this point, if you haven't gotten your film, this is where I just ran about a topic that I think is important or it, it could be the NFL, it could be the Panthers, it could be about Oppenheimer, although I think Langston covered us on Twitter with that movie review. Uh, but anyway, so... The first case take topic is going to be the three most overlooked players heading into Panthers training camp. First guy I want to talk about is nose tackle Marquan McCall. He was a guy who came in last year, kind of an interesting fit for the, for the four, three. He is a perfect fit as a one technique, zero technique for this new three, four defense. I think he's a guy that when they go to that base three, four, he can really take up blockers and really produce for this team is he going to be a big numbers guy absolutely not but he's a massive human being and I think when the Panthers were reconstructing this defense they weren't very aggressive in getting a true nose tackle he's a guy that I think can fill a void along with Derek Brown who's going to play more defensive end and Shai Tuttle the free agent addition I think he's a guy who's got a lot of momentum heading into this training camp Another guy I really wanted to talk about is Tommy Tremble. I think for Tommy Tremble, the next step in his evolution as a tight end is to become a better receiving threat. Now, yes, Hayden Hurst and Ian Thomas are going to be ahead of him in the pecking order. That's going to happen. But what's good about Ian Thomas is he can back up both those players pretty well in two tight end sets. He's a guy who is very quick. He can block very well. He can get open. It's a matter of becoming a better route runner, becoming a better catcher of the football. And I think new tight ends coach John Lilly can be that guy that kind of guides him on that journey. Then the third guy I really want to talk about right now is Raheem Blackshear. He is a guy you must remember. Now, I'm not saying go pick him in the fantasy football draft within the fifth round, but he's a guy who has gotten a lot of buzz within the building even Frank Reich's come out and publicly said he had a great spring. He's a guy who can be used in a boatload of different ways. He's a true gadget player. He's a guy, if you if you go back and you watch film of Indianapolis over the last few years, Naheem Hines, Paris Campbell, moving guys around in the backfield, setting up mismatches. That's what they think of Raheem Blackshear. He was very well liked by the previous staff. I think he can be utilized even better under this new staff. And then when you look at his ability to catch the football, he can line up outside, he can move around, he can run Texas routes, he can do whatever it is you need him to do as an all-around weapon. And I think 
they're going to look at him as not only an offensive weapon, but a special teams weapon as well. He's going to return punts. He's going to return kicks. He is a guy who allows you to play with those roster economics. If he's returning kicks and punts, that's one less player you have to keep on the roster in one regard, and you can use that spot for another position. He's another guy who, if you feel like you can use him in a lot of different ways, maybe you keep four running backs as opposed to six or seven wide receivers. He's a guy who I think can stir the drink of this offseason and this summer because he can do so many different things, and coaches love that. So, Mike, with the fire takes, we're going to get that every week from you, that type of energy? Oh, yeah. Just like you can guarantee, you can take to the bank that if you pay $1 on charlotteobserver.com for a subscription, you're going to get all of your training camp coverage needs. Plus, you're going to get some awesome high school coverage from Langston. You're going to get some great NASCAR coverage from Alex. You're going to get Scott Fowler. And you're going to get Rod reporting on, on the Hornets. I mean, what more could you ask for? Oh, by the way. Local news as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Charlotte Observer. What else you got for us, Langston? So make sure you like, share, subscribe on this podcast. We'll be out to you every week. We have Mike's takes. We have Alex on sometimes. We have a lot of fun. Talk Panthers. Give you all the in-depth news on your favorite team. So make sure to join us each week. 